Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. You are loved, you belong, and you have a unique purpose from God. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Here's today's message. Good to see you all on this amazing 2023 Jesus is Risen Easter Sunday celebration. And today, we believe that this is also your moment to testify a little bit about my moment was it was Easter Sunday where I once was darkness, but then I was brand new, born again, transformed into the light because of God who's rich in mercy. And sometimes we can hear that, but to feel that I came desperate, dead end, unable to make myself brand new. And I heard the good news of Jesus and I remember weeping weeping because I knew it was my sin that crucified him. Felt so unworthy. And thank God that he comes for the sick. If you find yourself alone, afraid, in darkness, unable to pierce through the storms of life, this is your moment. So it's my birthday, y'all. Not my born, not my born on earth day, but my born again day. And we pray that this would be yours as well. You know, at funerals, when I get the opportunity to share the gospel, nothing's more sobering than as we're celebrating somebody's life because we grieve and we miss them. And in those moments, we always close with an opportunity to take inventory. Not inventory in a way that tries to, manipulate or coerce our feelings and get us to respond in some fabricated way if with smoke and mirrors or a magic trick, but in a real sense that we aren't promised tomorrow. And that's just true. Only this moment right here, right now. You know, scripture teaches us that God puts before us life and death and he wishes that we would choose life. And there's one Bible verse today that I pray wouldn't go here, but it would go deep in our souls. And it's Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Now life can be transactional. You go to a store, you wanna buy something, you pay for it. You go to a restaurant, you wanna eat food, you pay for it. And then to take that mindset, if we want to go into eternal life, how do we pay for it? We can't. All of humanity, the gospel, all of the humanity that we proclaim this good news today, it's because the bad news is that bad. The level, the ultimate leveling of the playing field is sin. Now it's a three-letter word nobody likes to talk about anymore. S-I-N but yet we're all born into it, unable to make ourselves brand new. And sometimes we're like, well, what do I gotta do on life? What does God want from me? And how do I lead my family? And what job or what career? But I believe that the basics, the fundamental truth of the good news of Jesus changes everything. And that when they saw that Jesus was not in the tomb anymore, but he was alive, what happened? They responded at his feet in worship because they knew they were unworthy. And he said, come here. And he commissioned them to go out into all the world and proclaim and make disciples. 
this good news. So if there was a bulletin today at the top of it of the newspaper would say, he lives, and there would be some conspiracy theories of, well, was it real? Was it fabricated? The soldiers were bought off and all these things, but yet the eyewitnesses were willing to lay down their lives peacefully because they believed the good news of Jesus was worthy of their lives. So to think about this scripture for a moment, what is sin? Anything that is not in God's obedient path or in God's way, in God's style, in God, how God operates, and we aren't God, and sin missing the mark, running away from God, we might think, okay, sometime, well, why is there even sin? How did that even make, how is it even possible in the world? And yes, that's another topic, another day, but I think we all feel the effects of it. And it's not just the color of our skin. It's not just how much money we have. Uh, it, you could go anywhere on the planet and everyone could look the same and everyone could even have the same money, but yet there would still be tension and there would still be beef. Be beef. Why? Because it's the sin nature. And Jesus, he comes even so far to level the playing field. What he does is, uh, you know, people are like, well, what must I do to be born again? And I, that's not possible. Or how, am I a sinner? And he, he goes even further because people are trying to get him in in a way of that he's, that he's wrong or trying to frame him. What does the law really say, Jesus? And he takes it so much further. He goes, even your thoughts, if you've hated somebody, it's like murder. If you've lusted after somebody, it's like adultery. And so all of us find ourselves before a living and holy God when we take inventory guilty. And that's just a healthy view of who we are. Because when that comma hits in this verse, when we understand that sin brought on death and all of the decay and destruction that this planet sees and faces, so then when the comma hits, (laughs) that in my darkest moment, there could be life. There could be hope. There could be redemption. And you find it dripped through all of the gospels that those that felt forgotten, those that felt sick, those that were oppressed, those that were under the influence of even demonic spirits, like Mary Magdalene, the one who was delivered of seven spirits. You know who Jesus sees first after he rose from the dead? Her. I find that fascinating because who ate from the tree first? Eve. And we could go all the way back to how sin started, but yet Adam was held accountable and we could say, well, okay. Well, then God's gonna work through a man, sends Jesus, but yet through a woman. And then the first one he goes to restore and just say hi is a woman, Mary Magdalene. And she was consumed with worship because she knew how much she was forgiven of. And I pray today, friends, we never forget the good old fashioned. Whoever loves much has been forgiven of much. And if we find ourselves comparing to somebody else, well, I I didn't do this or I'm not as bad as so-and-so, you're right. There's people that you're better than on this planet but that doesn't get you eternal life. There's nothing good enough you could do. 
And there's nothing bad enough that would disqualify you. That if we simply receive the gift that God gives, the grace of God by surrendering, we get new life. And I find in our context, it's so easy to move on and say, okay, so now what do I do? I don't think we heard the gravity of what was done on the cross. Because we can be caught up in that for the rest of our life and just marvel and never let it be business as usual. That in my darkest moments, that's what Jesus died for. I've been forgiven of much. This is your moment. We're gonna look at a couple stories because I think sometimes we dismiss, all right, we're talking about something ancient 2,000 years ago. Well, in this room is peppered with stories of people that believe the same good news that the disciples saw then that translates and transfers all the way 2,000 years to today. And I pray that these moments would inspire you no matter what moment you're in today, that in Jesus, we can have new life. This is Rossi. So I remember this moment where I'm sitting down and I have my youngest daughter and my firstborn son. They're about a year apart. So it's like a three and a four year old, right? They're fighting with me a little bit, but I'm holding them. And as I was in that moment, joy and sadness came. And it was more of, dude, I can't believe I have children. This is great. But the sadness stems from, I guess, my oldest daughter. I never knew I was a father during the time that I did have her. And this is probably when I was 16. So I was just really into the streets. I did not think that I could even be a father. Over the years with Adelaide, when I first had her, I didn't view her as my daughter. It was almost like a stalemate. Like, yeah, I have a kid but I was a kid as well. What has changed now is I know better. I see that, wow, how important it was to be a father, especially for a girl, right? It made me understand that I have, a, I guess, a second chance. It was a second chance. It was a second chance to love her, uh, for her to trust me, not only to see the anger part, we're like, yo, he's always mad, but I guess you wouldn't understand why I'm mad if you never got to feel my love, right? It's like, you only give me the anger, you don't give me the love. It's because I didn't realize you were in the room. I only see the bad stuff. I don't see the good. And you probably wouldn't trust me enough because we didn't build that up. So now as that I'm older, I always see myself telling her, uh, I'm not the best trying to get there. Help me, please. Um, and God's perfect, so I'm sorry. But I met Christ, and I was thankful that I could redeem those moments, that I could really be there for her now, and that I have the wisdom and people around me to be like, you don't have to be like that, it's okay. And then, 
after I just stepped back, I had this clarity of God where this is what God probably sees us trying to get away, right? Because if you can imagine a three and a four year old in your lap, yeah, they're cool for the moment, but they want to get away. But God's like, no, just be here. Stay with, stay with me. You don't have to leave. You don't have to get away. This is one of my moments that Jesus gave his life for. We have a tendency in, um, especially in our culture, I think, to put people on pedestals and to show partiality if somebody has uh, success, fame, uh, more resources, is to treat people differently based upon what they've done or what they have. And Jesus, he sees us so different. He's not looking, God is not looking at just the outward, but the inward. He knows our thoughts, our heart. And as we read scriptures, Jesus is what it's all about, the preeminent one. But yet all these stories, I love the truth of the omniscient God being present in each one of our lives. I use that to remind us today, no matter what seat you're in, in this place, the omnipresent God is present to do work that only he can do. That's, that, that today wouldn't just check a box. Easter service, done. Go get a photo, done. But God's trying to do soul work. And the invite will be simple today, which is see where you're at with Jesus. Come home to him. If he's real, get baptized. This is your moment. And then lastly, he doesn't just want to catch you. He wants to cook and clean and commission you. And so we pray that you would stay a while and take a journey in the body of Christ for a season and to see what that would look like. Here's another story. This is Victoria. I remember being in the hospital, laying on a gurney, and I was waiting to get x-rays done. There was this woman who was taking down information, and I was having to explain to her um, all the ways that he hit me. And... I remember this look on her face of just like sadness, disappointment. And um, she left and I was there and I was just laying there and I was just weeping. And um, I just felt so alone and broken and um, humiliated. And I just kept thinking like, how did I allow myself to get here? How could I have let this happen? And even in the darkness of that moment, I just remember hearing this voice say, you're not lost. I found you. You're not broken because I'll put you back together. And um, I just really wish that I could sit here and be like, Oh, that was the moment that everything changed and that it all ended and I, and I left. 
But the reality is, it wasn't. Um, I believed the lies that he loved me and that he was sorry and that it was never gonna happen again. So I went back. It, uh, it only took a couple weeks before it happened again. And it's kind of like a light switch just went off in my head. And I was, I was like, this isn't what God intended for my life. And it's not the life that I want to have. So I left and I never went back. This is one of my moments that Jesus gave his life for. I'm so grateful for the team putting together some of those stories. And I can't help but think how many stories are in this room today. That if you were sitting down and sharing about some of the darkest hours in your life, I believe whoever sat on the other side of that table would be moved to tears. And some of us have never had a safe space enough to say what's really gone on in life. And I've seen this play out time and time again. Even when people will text sometimes and say, hey, I'd love to come to church. What time services? What do I wear? And I think, oh, wow. Jesus was beaten so bad that he barely resembled a man and was hung on the cross. was mutilated and then took the punishment, paid the wages for all of sin. That's what he wore for us to even have church. And I know it's a sign of respect and like, what do I wear? Who cares? Dress up for sure. Like, feel good, look good, feel good, play good. Shout out to the prophet Deion Sanders. <laughs> but I think you get where I'm going. When you're face to face with God, it doesn't matter. And just like I ask every person in a funeral, I say, hey, let's take a moment and take inventory. Where are we at with God and where are we at with people? And today, I pray when we think of God, we would think of the gift that he gives, that eternal life is made possible not for anything you or me could do or earn or buy, but because of what was done on the cross, it is finished and that the tomb is empty. Oh, death, where's your sting? That's the gift of God, eternal life that is in Christ Jesus. But that gift, it just is dormant. It's left unwrapped and unopened unless each one of us receive that. Say, okay, well, I I feel the love of God today. I'm, I'm sensing him. He's calling me home. And it's simple. Believe. Confess. And you'll be made brand new. Well, I don't know how. I, I don't know all the steps yet. People that were caught up with the love of God, they immediately would leave everything. And sometimes our pride gets in the way. Our shame gets in the way. Our competitive nature gets in the way. Our egos get in the way. 
But just like those stories were sharing some of their darkest moments, that's what Jesus gave his life for. I pray that you know, wherever you sit, wherever you're listening or watching this, that God is calling you, that this is your moment. Come home to Jesus. To Jesus. To Jesus. Out of reverence for a moment, would you just close your eyes? It's just you and God right now. Where are you at with the gift that God has given? Jesus. What do you believe about Jesus? Is he the way? Is he the truth? And is he the life? If you believe that, just let go. Don't hold on to any dark behavior or pattern or friend that has been familiar for too long. The condemnation of sin is so heavy, it's unbearable. But let the conviction of heaven to want to change, to want to repent, to want to turn, to want to run away from all of that nonsense, to be found, to be home in Jesus. And I ask you, where are you at with Jesus? I believe that's the most loving question we can ask somebody. And still with our eyes closed, just really thinking and pondering on the weight of the words that I'm speaking, but yet by the power of the Holy Spirit, consider deep in your heart. Sometimes when I watch people scrutinize Christianity or scrutinize Jesus. They're not even talking about Jesus. They're not even talking about what it means to be a Christian. They're talking about an experience from meeting someone or some type of legalistic way or some religious outpouring, but yet there is this living, breathing, true, grace-filled God that found us dead in sin, that comes near and offers us new life that we can't buy, we can't earn, that's grace. And if somebody talks about that Jesus and says no to that, then so be it, at least they're talking about the real Jesus. So I pray today in this moment that every idea would be stripped away, every roadblock, every thing that maybe you, you, your grandma, your dad, your mom, your sister, a church experience has taught you and you would just have it all removed and you would be right face to face with Jesus. And what does he say? And what do you say? Because that's the only gift that can bring eternal life. And he loves you so much that he won't force it upon you, but he longs for us to let go and let God do what only he can do. Make us brand new. And I pray in this room, that's what would happen. That we would ask for forgiveness today. 
God hears your prayers. It doesn't have to be my words. It can be in your head. He knows your thoughts. And just let go. And let God do what only he can do. And he forgives. And he forgives and makes us whiter than snow because his sacrifice was perfect. What he purchased was permanent. And he is a good shepherd that will never leave or forsake us. Jesus, we let go. Save us today. And we wanna follow you as Lord. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen. When people would hear the good news of Jesus, the action would be, get baptized. Be born again, washed, brand new. Out with the old. Death, burial, and resurrection. We believe that this is your moment. Get baptized. Next weekend here, we're going to have a celebration again of people going public with their faith in Jesus that they no longer live. But it's Christ that they've committed their lives to. It's beautiful. And then lastly, before we go about our day and get our praise on and party later, I pray you would hear an invite to stay home in Jesus for a while. Pray for your lifetime. But if we've been on this journey sometimes, we know we got to call out some of the disclaimers. There's detours along the path. We stumble, we got to get back up and And we're all going to need some help. But I think one way that could consecrate the season or what takes place today in the season ahead is maybe just for the next 90 days. If it's not here or somewhere, find a home, a bride of Christ, the local church to stay in for a while and let God do what only he can do. Sanctification is a lifetime process. It takes a while. And so next month, we're going to have member May. And we're just going to talk about what it means to be a member here at City Life. So I want to pull up this QR code. If you'd pull out your phone, at the very least, just to act like you're listening, that would bless me as a common courtesy. Just pull out your phone and click on this little QR code. And this will lead you to a form that's a menu that you could say "Mm, I said yes to Jesus today I want to get baptized or I just want to put in my name and my info there we go get out your phone it's okay I can't see you it's okay it's kind of like it's like if you sit front row in class and just pull out your notebook they call on you less (laughs) We're going to just take a minute. Just pull out your phone.
I wanna call the worship team to the stage. As I was reading about the first interactions after Jesus rose from the dead, that instantly Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, which many scholars believe is Jesus's aunt, fell at Jesus's feet and worshiped. You know what worship means? It means to bow down. And Jesus is like, hey, don't be afraid, come here. And he comes near and he commissions them, which is such an amazing exchange. That is, we see the worth of God in Jesus. Our response is to worship because he lives. And then his response is to pull us close and then send us out by his strength and his power. And so as we sung earlier today, he lives. May we marvel at the truth that the tomb, the grave is empty. In Jesus, he lives. See the tomb where he laid, see the stone rolled away. He is risen, he is risen, he's alive. See his hands, see his feet, touch his scars and Yeah. 
the grave we're forgiven we're forgiven we're forgiven yeah, we're forgiven the work forever done only by the blood it is finished it is finished it is finished oh, it is finished you took all our shame left it in the grave out of here is we're going to worship a little bit more. And before we do that, we have a captive audience in this moment, and we want to keep a key date in front of you, a date that you haven't heard yet, unless you're really looking at the print. But I think for most of us, it's hard to remember what we're going to do tomorrow. So we're going to say this date a lot because it's going to be a, a holy time where we lay out the vision for where we're going this year and next. And to think about where we're going, sometimes we have to turn back to the past and remember where we've been. Check this video out.
what's first in our heart. May 7th, Vision Sunday, want to see you there. Want to see you there. God is so good and he's worthy to be praised. And let's see if you can uh, get your praise on a little bit. That means, come on, you know how to clap. There you go. Come on. There you go. It's okay. And if you could dance, just dance to your seat a little bit. Let the team lead us as we sing that God is good. Yes, you are. Come on, say it with us. You are good. All the 
have a party in the gym. And then after the party at two o'clock-ish, the helicopters come in outside and the Easter hunk egg drop will happen. So that'll be a fun time. You could maybe leave, come back. I don't think they're letting people in the gym yet. If you're watching this, you still got time, you can make it here. If you can't be a part of the party, we hope that you'll be a part of the baptism celebration next week, 10 a.m. and 11.30. All races, all faces, and all ages, you belong here. We're gonna keep loving this city one life at a time. And we won't stop until Jesus Christ comes back and he makes all things new. Have the best day of your lives, y'all. He is good. Let's go.